Are you ready to uncover the power within you? Are you ready to kick butt at life? Are you ready to get this party started? This is Shut Up and Grind. If it's about fitness, women's empowerment, personal development, small business marketing, relationships, Robert B. Foster is talking about it. Robert is a gym owner. He went from foreclosure to multiple six figures in 12 months. Helped thousands of women shed weight and inches while becoming more confident. And a six times gold medalist in the Transplant Games of America. Get ready for Shut Up and Grind. Here's your host, Robert B. Foster. Something. <laughs> I really do. Like I wish we were talking, having a private conversation <laughs> at a round table because I'm just like, woo. But um Allison, to your point, um Cornell was killed in two thousand. Um, Rodney King was in the early nineties. You know, Rodney King never got his dues. He died. His claim to fame was he was beat up by by the cops and he's out he drowned in the pool as an alcoholic and a drug addict. That's it. Cornell Young, which by the way, his mother was my counselor in school and in a group, was raised um well educated and was killed and guess, guess what his claim to fame was? He shouldn't have been at Fighters. Fighters was a place where you went to after the club you know, to get more drugs, more alcohol, and maybe breakfast, right? And he came out to, to, he came out, flashed his badge, and he got shot because the, the other cop thought it was a gun. So never got his dues as well. Um, in the media, in Rhode Island, period. So, you know, when I think of these things, I just want to say, because Rob is probably the only one here that sees me post all the time on Facebook. I don't have cable. When you talk about like Fox and CNN and all that stuff, I don't know. I'm a true geek too. I am such a geek. If you know me, I'm the biggest geek you can meet. Right. So I do when I do post something, I promise you that I will read three other articles. Um, you know, before I post it, because I want to make sure it's accurate. So also, um, like when, how Rob mentioned that we don't hear um, Black Lives Matter anymore. We don't hear Michelle Obama anymore. Again, if you're only watching um, CNN and Fox, which I, don't, I can't, I don't have cable, um, then you don't hear Michelle Obama. I hear Michelle Obama all the time. That's my girl. <laughs> so I, I hear her all the time, you know, but because I'm reading, I'm reading articles, I'm le- listening to podcasts. So yes, these people are out there, but again, the media doesn't put them out there because they don't want to hear it anymore. Um, when it comes to politics, and raising money, the KKK been raising money for a long time, and it's time some people started raising money as well. You know, other um, races started raising money for their political whatever they're they're fighting for. 
you know. Um, what was my other point? What? Why you? Why um, you think thinking? Let me just just jump in. Why? Like the difference with with the KKK is everyone knows they're a hate group. Everybody everybody knows the the slogan "Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter." You can't you can't argue with the slogan, and people are so quick to jump on board and donate money thinking it's going to the betterment of black people when it's going to politicians that's that's misleading mm-hmm. like i said people know mm-hmm. what the clan stands for right <laughs> you know what i'm saying so th- mm-hmm. this is like like the epitome, epitome of a wolf okay. in sheep's clothing right so I, I i i agree with you there you know you choose your battles um when people ask me why I voted for Biden, I voted for Biden. Mm-hmm. You know what? He spent eight years with a black man. So he's got he's got to know something. He's got to know what's up some way or another. You know, and am I naive enough to say, oh, Biden cares about me? Mm-mm. You know, if you know me, I work in the community and I work, you know, I'm around politicians. I'm around advocates. I'm around a lot of different people, well-educated people to the poorest person who's probably, you know, at a food line right now. That's, you know, the people that I'm around with my circle. So does Biden care um, if that person that's at a pantry right now in a line waiting in their car or in the cold right now waiting in the line to get a bag of food? Um, no, I, I personally understand that. But, you know, you got to pick out of two evils and I, you know, I, I'm not voting for a man who puts down women and, and, and puts down all this stuff and puts out lies. Uh, name, name one lies. politician that doesn't put out them. lies. Name one. <laughs> no, 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 no. Every single one of them so lies. This is my point. No, 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 absolutely. They all lie. Politicians lie to get a yeah. vote, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. We all know that. They lie to get a vote. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, again, the less of two evils. I voted, you know, I'm about the less of two evils. I love Obama. I love Michelle Obama. I love Barack Obama. But guess what? He lied too, probably. You know what I mean? Just because he's a black man doesn't mean that he lied. Yeah, you know, look at the that's look a at the conversation because he's got a corruption list a mile long. Right. But that's, a, the, that's a separate. That's a separate. But that's your you know, belief. You know what I mean? That's not our, a belief. It's not, there's documents out there. It's fact. Right. So the governor of Puerto <laughs> Rico. The governor of Puerto Rico, you know what I mean? He awful person, you know. So is it by race that that we 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 decide to do certain things, whether we're white, black, Hispanic, whatever we, background we have, you know. I personally don't go by um, the media because um, I know what media outlets. I watch and I listen to, and it's not it's not what everybody's listening to, and and I do a lot of research before you know I sit here at night for like two hours before I go to sleep, and I do read about politics because I work for the people, and not and when I say the people, I don't I'm not just saying black people or whatever. You know, when I get on the phone tomorrow morning, I have to listen to a white person tell me that they need a thermometer to take their their temperature because they just found out they have COVID. Mm. You know, that breaks my heart. I see, sometimes I hang up a call and I have to like take a moment, take five, 10 minutes to cry 
or or maybe I'd look at their address and I'm like, well, maybe I could just run out and get them a thermometer, you know? So it's not about when I say the people, I work for the people, you know, and to me, you know, the color of their skin doesn't matter at that point when someone tells me they need a thermometer or they need food or, and that's what it's about for me. You know, it's not about the media and who's putting what out there. I know what I see on a daily basis and what I see on a daily basis needs to change. And the last thing I'm going to say, Namula, is there's explicit racism, what we see on TV all the time, and there's implicit, implicit, my accent's going to come out. There's implicit racism, right? And the implicit racism is what we experience every day, you know, at work, the people, the poor people, the people that don't have the have-nots, um, those are the things. Implicit racism is sometimes you can't even see it. And, 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 and you know, I believe that racism is going to change explicitly. But in the implicit, I don't see it changing. I don't see it changing. That's it. Okay. Thank you much. Carlinka. Um, (laughs) so I mean let me get my little notes out so I will say this what you feed will lead right so whatever it is that we feed that's what's going to lead so every four years right someone else is going to be in office we know this but when we really look at perception versus reality um Allison had brought up her norm like she said, her norm. So everyone's norm is not the same. So will racism ever change? I don't really know. Simply because someone else's Bingo. norm, they are teaching their kids from generation to generation to hate. They're teaching their kids not to hate whatever that looks like in their norm, in their family from generation to generation. Will it change? I don't know. But will you change? That's the question. Because we ultimately can only change ourselves. I can't change what else is happening around us? The social unjust, Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, whatever label people want to put on it. Whatever you submerge yourself in. I watch the news very rare, very, very. I'm about being informed, but I'm not going to submerge myself in these things because it is a way to pull on your heartstrings. It is a way for you to react. And too many people react to things without facts. We react to things without reading. We react to things without even getting the whole entire view of everything that may be going on. It's certain things that I don't stand for, right? So when Black Lives Matter and all these different movements, it's a movement. Movements fade, right? Things fade away. Look at the trends. Some things are just a trend. And I love what Rob said or someone said, people jump on the bandwagon. Because I'm Black, I didn't jump on the bandwagon for Black Lives Matter, do your research. That's the problem. A lot of people are not researching. So now you're you're out here talking about things that you really don't even know about. So it's the same thing when we look back into our own lives, how we grew up or things that were said to us. Okay, I could have took that word of, oh, she's an Oreo. And I could have ran with that. And that leads to so many other things individually. So when we look at things individually, I could have had low self-esteem. I could have thought that being black is not a great thing. So many other things on the mind. So when we're looking at the news, when we're looking at these outlets, think about four years ago. Think about when 
um, different presidents. Every four years, someone else is in office, but every four years, has your life changed? The things that you have control over. I'm a believer that talk about the things that you can change at your own front doorstep. So we start there and people are not teaching their kids to hate. That's when we'll start seeing some changes. But the more that we see people continuously teaching from generation to generation, regardless of what news station that you're looking at and all these things, be informed, whatever that looks like for you reading the newspaper, researching, whatever that looks like for you, be informed. But your perception versus reality, we have to look at motives, agendas, and principles. I'm a principle person. I don't teach my kids to hate, but I'm not out here teaching them that, hey, because you are an African-American female, because you are, I'm raising black young men, right? I can't have them out there being naive and a novice that everyone is for them. That's whether it's in my race or someone else's race. So does the media play a part? The media plays a part in everything from how a woman should look, of how people should live. Think about people going out there living beyond their means because you're looking at the media. Look at the media even when it comes to fast food. Like we can go take the simplest thing. McDonald's is putting up all these commercials, commercials you already ate, but you're sitting on the couch and you see this Big Mac and eventually <laughs> someone, not this girl, someone is gonna get up from their couch, the comfort of their home, and they're gonna go to McDonald's because of what they see, what they have seen over and over again. So for me, what you feed is what's gonna leave. What are you feeding those around you? What are you feeding the next generation? I love what um, Olivia said, we're in 2020. And even though we're in a new year that's getting ready to end, yeah, look at diseases, right? A disease, cancer, coronavirus, it doesn't know race. Everyone, regardless of your race, there have been so many people that died from Corona. It didn't say, oh, you're black, so, you know, skip you. Oh, you're white, oh, skip you. No, if you got it, it attacked you. There were many people on ventilators. So we have to look at principles. We have to look at agendas. We have to look at motives. And ultimately, what are you going to do to change yourself? So your generation and the next generations to come, that's when we're going to see change. Until we decide to do that, and we keep communicating the same thing and talking about the same thing, yes, not talking about it is not going to change anything. Because how many women are still paid lower than most men? How many women in the workplace are still labeled as certain things? That's been around. That's nothing new. Racism is not anything new. Some things are just brought to the, it's magnified. And so when it's magnified, it pulls on the heartstrings, and then there are people who react. I didn't react. How many of us didn't? I didn't go out there um, ready to tear down the Kmart and all of these different things. Why? Because that's not my principles. I wasn't raised like that. But like Alice said, what is your norm? Because whatever your norm was, that's what you're going to teach the next generation. <laughs> that's all I got. All right, so we're, we're, beyond, <laughs> we're beyond an hour, but I would like to keep the conversation going. If, if any of you have to leave, feel free. You can leave. If you want to stay and keep, keep the conversation going, I, I'd, li I'd like to keep going a little bit longer. All right, so... So, Carlika, that was perfect because you were leading into where I was going next is the the how, the how-to. As I said, we can talk for hours upon hours about the different problems, the different instances. Like, I was on I was on an elevator with my son and my nephew. Door opens. There's an older white, white lady. She, she had to be probably 70s, maybe even 80s. And I held the door. I was like, are you getting on? And she looked at the three of us held on to her purse and said, no, I'll wait for the next one. 
you know, and so the door closes. And again, I said to my son and my nephew, because as Olivia said, I turned everything into a life lesson. I was like, so you guys see, see what happened? And like my son was a little hothead at the time. I said, dude, chill. I said, we're going up to the third floor. The fact that she doesn't want to get on with us has nothing to do with the fact that we're going to the third floor. We're going to Dave and Buster's. We're going to play some games. We're going to eat dinner. We're going to have a great night. I said, why are we going to let her actions change our mood? Right? We're not going to let her actions control our emotions. And that's what happens when the topic of race comes up is people let their emotions get away from them. I always say you have to think rationally, not emotionally. You know, like as Carlika was saying about, you know, the pay gap with women. And I always mention se- sexism. Like, like these things happen. I'm raising two daughters. Right. I'm raising them to have a backbone strong enough to deal with the realities of life out there. I'm not trying trying to sugarcoat it for or try to make it act like these things don't don't exist. No, they definitely exist. But you're going to be strong enough to deal with it. No, you're going to be strong enough to forge your path to get out there and make it happen. So that's what I'm teaching my kids. And Kalika said it best. The only way that this is going to change is we have to start with the next generation. Because a lot of people our age, a lot of people, obviously not us because we're here talking about it. But a lot of people our age, they're just they're just set in their ways. Like they just think what they think. And that's how it is. And so when, when I well, when schools were, were open, I would go to speak in the inner city schools and the kids are starving for that type of guidance. Like they don't want to hear that they're playing behind the eight ball. And that drives me insane when I hear that. Cause growing up, I didn't have to take extra tests in the white people did. My track practices weren't 30 minutes longer than the white people's track practice, right? It's a level playing field. So how you attack that playing field is going to determine your relative success or failure. And what other people think of you can't stop you unless you let it. Right. Unless you let it. So uh, the, the professor had to leave. I was going to going to get get um, another take from him. Oh, well. <laughs> All right. So let's everybody un- unmute and let's, let's see how the background noise is. Go ahead. Unmute, unmute, unmute. All right. So let's try to do a little round round table discussion. I'm going to call on each one again. So, so there's no there's no talking over each other. All right, so I, I want to know in your best your best example, what would you recommend as a way of easing tensions in your own circle? In your own circle, All right, start with Saida. So, what do I recommend in my? If you know me, God first. I love God so much. Whoever your God is, I respect that. But I love my Lord Jesus Christ. God first, that love is what keeps me grounded. It just keeps me grounded. Like when I meet you, I meet a blank slate and it's up to you what you're going to write on it. Right? Black, white, Latino, whatever you are, whatever background you come from, poor, rich, educated, not educated. You're a blank slate and it's up to you to write, you know, and, and it's up to us to say, you know what? Let me come up at them like a blank slate. I don't know you. I don't know you. Now, it's up to you to show me who you are. And it's up to me to show you who I am. You know, if you really know me, you know I'm a very passionate person. But someone will 
judge that passion and say she's so angry. <laughs> she's so she's so emotional. You know, that's a judge a lot. That's a lot of the judgment that people and you know, guess what? I have to put you a little bit to the side. Am I going to stop loving you? Am I going to stop caring for you? Probably not. But I'm definitely put you a little bit to the side, you know, because you've judged me. You've taken what I have to say, what I feel, what I experience um, and judged it for anger. And when when truly, when truly it comes from a love, I want things to change. I want things to change. You know, I came from a very poor background. Um, I came from the projects. My mother had a sixth grade grade education and my father had a fourth grade education. You know, barely, my dad could barely um, write, you know. Um, So my mother once said to me, um, I'd rather my kid, my girls be prostitutes than, than clean than clean house and my mother was a serious christian woman you hear me old school christian so for her to for that to come out of her mouth and guess what we all one way or another we all had an education we're all somewhat successful you know in this in this world um so that's i think that's what it is going to take to change i have an open heart to love um to give, to be wanting to give, um, and 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 really say, you know what? You, yeah, you're going through that. Yeah, you black man, and someone just stopped you. You know, I live close to Rhode Island College and all these colleges, and I see these kids, you know, that happen to have braids in their hair, you know, sitting on the sidewalk because it's, I want to catch them on camera one day. Same police officer. Same one, you know, pulling, looking through their bags to the backpack and all he's pulling out is books. You know, my heart breaks for them, you know. So how how do we change that police officer's behavior? How do we stop him from stopping these kids? You know, are they going to quit school because of their experience or are they going to have Olivia's mindset where it's like, it's what we choose to do? I choose to go through. I went to school at University of Central Florida. That's all. It was nowhere near Disney. Central Florida is not Disney World. And, you know, it's closer to the country. It's closer to some serious racism on both sides. Three sides. Because it's close to a very Puerto Rican neighborhood as well. Um, and I chose my education before anything. I loved UCF. Um, The professors, people say that education, there's a lot of democratic, liberal point of view. No, there's not. Depends what school you go to. (laughs) And I chose to go to school to graduate, finish my master's at the same school, bachelor's and master's. I'm a late starter. Um, I was known for having an eighth grade education, only an eighth grade education. And um, I got my master's degree at 45. And it's, it it can change. It can certainly change. Um, and but we need to we need to be a part of it, and we need to voice um, what's going on and what we can do and educate folks. You know, in this type of environment. All right. Thank you much. All right, David, you're up. Um, I'm just gonna say that 
you know, education is, is, is the big key. Uh-huh. Um, you, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, I think, you know, just being able to educate our, our future uh, generations, those are the things. And, you know, and also to not be quite offended by somebody else's opinion, you know, because I, I can, I can guarantee you, I can sit down with all five of you on here and, I know that there's going to be things that I agree with your opinion and there's going to be things that we're going to disagree with. It's, it's just guaranteed. It's, I I think sometimes we get a little bit too emotional about caring what other people think about us because like it's been said more than once, just because somebody has a thought or a feeling towards you, that does not mean that you have to accept what their thought or what their feelings are towards you. Because you know what? It, it's 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 a fact of life that we're not going nobody's going to agree one hundred percent with you on anything. So, you know, and, and it's like look and, and this is not saying that racism doesn't exist or anything like that. It's just, you know, like when, when you went into the store, you went into the elevator, it's like, look, you can't let somebody else's ignorance determine how it's going to affect and feel you. Now, you know, there's definitely much more serious situations where that gets out of control and out of hand. And I don't know how to, you know, really, you know, uh, change those because there's going to be groups of people out there that that's just who they are they're miserable people and they want to spend their, their misery to anybody and everybody else out there. You know, we just can't always let those that disagree with us and those that think different of us, let that affect our lives and how we handle ourselves. And I think that's the, the, the real key point there is to, you know, just really, we all need to be teamworks. We need to concentrate on being all everybody being family. I can be family with somebody else and I can disagree with family, but I still love my family. You know, I have people in my family that have done some horrible, nasty things and done some things that, you know, they've went and they've served their time for. I, did I agree with what they did? No. Um, you know, it's like, look, no, but they, they, they did their crime, they did their time, and now, you know, they're, they're trying to educate and learn and, and do their life better than what they did last time, you know, before they, they messed up. So I think really it is a concentration of personal, you know, personal belief gone, you know, I can't let racism affect me. I can't let somebody else's opinion of where I can go and what I can do. And I think that's the whole thing is you, you need to, we need to educate this next generation and go on, look, just because somebody has thoughts or feelings or, you you know, if somebody gives you a, a racist vibe or something towards you, you just found out that that's somebody that's not needed in your life and that their opinion does not matter whatsoever. Um, you know, and that's, that's the whole thing is, is we, we really need to become a little bit more self-reliant on ourselves and kind of not really give a damn what other people think. We know what we are, we know who we are and we know where we're going because, you know, most people, if you're really trying to get somewhere and you're really trying to go somewhere, most people aren't on your side anyway. So, you know, it's, it's like, look, there's, there's adversity out there. It's always going to be you know, there's always adversity, 
We just need to go, okay, I'm ready for it. I got my sword. I got my shield. I can defend off the, the haters. But I need to go take my steps and go do what I need to do and be responsible for me. Bingo. Love it. Olivia, you're up. Hello, I'm back again. Um, I'll start off with a little story time when I was at URI. So I remember one night I had to take out my trash and I saw these group of black males, like five or six of them. And I was like, if I dart out fast, you know, I don't have to worry about talking to them or they're talking to me. So I managed to throw my trash away. And on the way back to my uh, residence hall, I, they're kind of grouped together. And I'm like, just shimmy past, look at your phone and just go. And then I hear them catcalling me. And immediately I'm like panicking. I'm like, there's one of me and five guys. Like, that's terrifying. And yes, I said they're all black. And I'm not worried, oh my God, they're going to kill me. They're going to do this bad, bad stuff. But it's just, they're males, you know? And sort of why I wanted to say that sort of, with race, I feel like one part that can help um, ease tensions is being open-minded. And like when I'm at URI, a couple of times I'm going to the dining hall to get food and I see other students, regardless of their skin color, I'm not thinking, you know, they probably come from the projects or they're doing crack on the side or no, like I'm thinking they're here to get an education just like I am. And sort of when you see people out and about at the mall or wherever you may be, like, you don't know what they might be going through. So you might have a black man and you never know, they could actually be studying to get their masters and not stuck in the projects. You could have a white man who may be poor, you know, and sort of, you never know what somebody's going through. And so I know which before we talk about how the media portrays things in a certain way, because they know they get a certain reaction out of people and they sort of are grouping everybody together and how you have all, all black men are bad. They're all gonna, you know, get into trouble, do crack and really bad things. There's also black men in this world who have dreams. They want to become a lawyer. They want to become a doctor. And it's sort of you, as we said before, like we can't let your skin color define, you know, like you don't have to fit into that stereotype. You can be your own person. Like my dad here, he is brown, (laughs) but here he is doing podcasts, changing people's lives and sort of breaking away from that stereotype that, you know, all black men are bad. All black men, you know, will never amount to anything. And like how he tells me, you know, because I've never really dealt with race when I was younger, but I've been, you know, made fun of my long arms. I've been called gorilla. You know, there's been beauty standards and like cyberbullying going on. But I sort of realized I am my own person. And if I focus on myself and my dreams and my goals, nobody else can take that away from me. So period. (laughs) Period. But as I said, I think just being open minded you know, willing to work with other people and not letting the media or other people's views destroy your own views of others can actually make things better in society. Hopefully I worded that correctly, but <laughs> there you go. You've done well, kid. You've done well. All right. Ziz, you're up. I think I touched on it earlier. I treat people how I want to be treated and I try to model what it is that I want to see in society. <clears throat> I go beyond the labels. Um, I think if we think about this from a standpoint of how our brain works, the reason why our brain, what we do and why we stereotype things is because 
we'll see a group of people or we'll see this over here and we're like, okay, danger, not danger. So that's how our mind works, so to speak. And once you know how it works and you go beyond what the label is, I think it'll help us dive a, a bit deeper to get to know someone better and go beyond the stereotype. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's that difficult. It's simple, but things that are simple are still hard to do because it, it involves a lot of work. We've already said that means putting your emotion off to the side and, and being open-minded, like your daughter just said, which is a big part of, of how our, that's a big part of the challenges that we face in the world nowadays. Um, I remember saying to someone, I, I don't remember political signs being posted in yards when I was growing up. Like if you want to vote for this person, great. I don't, you don't need to advertise it to me. I don't, I don't really care. <laughs> I'm, I just care that you are voting and that you're a part of the process. So, you know, we, we live in an interesting society. I think we have a lot of work to do. Um, a lot of it has to do with being able to have conversations and, and listen to different perspectives. So that would be my take. Okay. Thank you very much. Allison. So I, my response to all this is that, you know, Racism at this point, I believe, is a two-dimensional issue, and we can approach it from either way. It's an inner issue, and it's also an outer issue, right? Because there are systems in place externally that we have to work on dismantling. And then there's also what's going on inside of us. So I think we have a choice in which side of the issue we want to be more committed to, or we could be committed to both. And it's about really understanding that it's, it's really in a lot of ways a mental health issue because I feel that racism is not a normal part of the human mind, right? There's a lot of deep stuff going in on there. If someone is um, showing racial biases to this extent where people are actually believing that they are better or whatever the case may be, that's actually a mental issue. And we need to look at how we can dismantle this in their minds and their hearts and connect with people. So that, because what I see happening a lot is like, I'm cutting them off. And if that's what you, if that's what you feel you have to do, you can do that. But when we cut someone off, we cut off an opportunity to have a conversation to help someone shift, right? Because we don't, there are people who change their views and there are people who become better people, right? And that doesn't happen overnight. People don't just wake up the next morning and go, you know what? I think I'm just going to not be racist today, right? <laughs> so I think it's a process. It's something that goes on. The dominoes have to fall and you have to be willing to have the conversation and look at people and connect with them in order to start those dominoes falling for each individual person. Because again, as I said before, I believe a racism-free society is possible. And I know Rob disagrees with me. And, and I don't know if it'll happen in our lifetime, but we have a responsibility to still push those dominoes down and get that going, right? And if maybe it'll happen in our lifetime, because you know what? There's a lot of people who said we'll never have a black president in our lifetime, and it happened, right? So how many people would have sworn by that 20 years ago, right? <laughs> I heard them. 
I Tupac, wa- Tupac sang, sang about it. Right? <laughs> so anything is possible, right? But we have to be willing to have the uncomfortable conversations. We have to be willing to go within ourselves and make that connection and, and know and have the confidence because the reality is when someone is judging us, when someone is putting us down, it's about them and not us. And we need to own that. We need to take responsibility for the fact that maybe somebody is just triggering something within ourselves. Maybe that's something we actually need to work on so that we don't feel that button getting pushed, right? So that we can have that conversation and go deeper in the topic and really start dismantling this. Because when we cut people off, it's not an opportunity to dismantle. Those two, there's not going to be growth in that situation. And again, some people don't feel that they can do that. And that's okay. You know, it's, you have to know where you're at, but if at all possible, within your heart, within your mind, you can have those more difficult conversations and connect with people. That's where it's at. I like, well done. Carlica. So I, I tell people this all the time. Don't allow people to define what God has already designed. And I say that simply because he's designed us just the way that we are, regardless of the color of our skin or anything. And so I do believe it's more of an inner issue because we're not born racist, right? People are not born, the baby coming out, yelling, screaming, they're not born racist. These are learned behaviors. So when we start tearing down those learned behaviors, when we look within, like Allison said, that inner thing, what's that inner whisper? We've been trained for certain things. And so until we break those things down, and so I said, don't allow racism to rule your life. It is actually ruling some people's life. Don't allow it to rule your life because we do have the power to make those decisions to say, I choose not to be like this. I choose not to respond in this manner. Allison touched something that I love as well. Not allowing just cutting people off because every opportunity is a learning opportunity. Rob's daughter said everyone, you know, he always has a life lesson. So even through that person, when we have more empathy and to try to understand why the person moves and shape the way that they do, it's things that we do. And it's a reason why we do it, the way that we do it and how we do it regard. And it probably stems back to some of our childhood, even think within our own homes. You are, I say the change starts with you. The start, the change starts with me, me looking in the mirror saying, you know what? It's some things that some of us were labeled as even by our own parents. It's things that we were labeled in our own families that, Hey, you're not going to make it, or you're not going to be this, or you're not going to succeed. But a lot of people beat those odds to say, you know what? Yes, I may have been labeled that, but I'm not going to allow that label to stop me. So at any point in time, regardless of your skin color or anything, you have to do some self-reflecting to say, what are these inner whispers within me that's causing me to act this way, that's causing me to think this way, that's causing me to speak this way, and ultimately my actions are adding up with that. So when we do those self-reflections, now we're able to talk to the next generation, not sugarcoating, that maybe we experience some things. I feel those stories are important because we want to be transparent and we want to be authentic, but we don't stay there. We don't leave them there that, hey, this was my experience, so just be careful. Yes, I want you to be careful, but let me tell you the positive of this as well. Let me tell you the lesson that I've learned. It may have been, like for your daughter in that moment, it may have been a lesson of, hey, watch your surroundings. Take your trash out a little earlier. It could be those simple, you know, those just those small little things. So I say, deal with yourself. 
be the example. So Rob, we thank you even for this opportunity today because this is an example that we can have this uncomfortable, hard conversation. I love what Zia said. We make things harder than what it really is. <laughs> think about some of the things that we've been changing since the beginning of this year and five years ago. And some people are like, I still haven't changed that one little thing. And so we thank you for having this open conversation because more awareness, more education. And I think, I honestly believe that we have more empathy and take time to understand why someone is doing what they're doing, then we will definitely see some change. Love it. Love it. All right. Let me bring, bring this home. So I'm glad that we brought it back to internal because it's all internal on the good side and the bad side. It's internal. It's what people are taught, right? It's what people are taught. Like, Sida, you brought up with the uh, police, right? Police aren't pulling over fi five-year-olds. So people's personalities are from, like, zero through, like, 12, I want to say, birth till 12. What happens in those first 12 years is going to determine the direction that that child takes. So I remember I brought the kids to, to the playground when I lived in Providence, and this couldn't have worked out any better. But there was a white kid. My kids, mixed race, there was a black kid, an Indian kid, an Asian kid. How often does that happen? But they were all there. And they were all just playing in the sand, playing games, running, taking turns on the slide. And, and I'm just looking at this like it's amazing because at some point, adults are going to screw that up. Right? Because that's what happens. Like they were, they, they were playing just – Without a care in the world, they they were just playing with friends. So those behaviors are taught. They're taught. And as I said, I was born in Far Rockaway, New York, right? Ghetto, ghetto, ghetto. And my parents, you know, and my mom at the time had a ninth grade education. My my dad was was college, college educated, but they knew that we can't raise seven kids here. I'm the youngest of seven kids, right? And they knew that, and so. They made a decision to move us out, to give us a better life. So I know Saida and I have had, had the conversation, and she gets mad at me every time, time I say this. But, you know, my dad's role is, like, if we just stay here, the opportunities may be, because you never know, may be less of keeping these kids out of trouble. And so he said, if, if we just stay here and let life happen to us, nothing's going to change. He said, we have to take the fight to life. And so he found a job up here in Rhode Island, moved us up here, you know, said we, we in a very rural area, better school system, better jobs. Right? He, made the, he made the decision to, to change. And so I call that break the cycle. So when I speak in schools, more so in the inner city schools, like, I asked the kids, you know, who here has a father in the household? Who here, you know, like, I had the kids cl close their eyes, so no, no, nobody's embarrassed. And I just start asking them questions. And I was like, all right, now, who here is going to break the cycle? Because if you don't break the cycle, your kids are going to do what you're doing. And then their kids are going to do what they're doing. So one of you guys right now has the power to change the direction of your family for generations to come. For generations to come. So, but it starts with you. If, if your parents aren't doing it, then it's got to come from you. And that's the message that I teach these kids. And it's very well received. And I'm not going to lie. The very first one I did, I was nervous. Because I didn't know how it was going to be received. 
And but I went in there and those kids were hanging on my every word. It's like they they want that level of confidence. Like they want that level of of belief in them. You know, they look, especially if they're not getting it at home, then it needs to come from an outside source. And we have the power to be that outside source. You know, so like that's why doing panels like this are much more impactful than watching people just scream and yell, yell at each other. Because I watched several leading up to this ju- just to see how they how they flowed. And it, it's such a nightmare and it doesn't accomplish anything. And and not all of us agreed with everything that the other person said. And that's fine. That's fine. We are entitled to, to the way we see life, right? I'm entitled to the way I raise my kids. Allison, you're entitled to the way you train you, you train the people in your circle. Ziz, you're, you have the power to train the young people the way you do inside and Carlika. But Ziz, being a former NFL NFL player, you know firsthand you've been in an arena with tens of thousands of people. What happens when somebody scores a touchdown? Everybody starts high-fiving and hugging and cheering. It's not like, oh, oh, oh a black person scored, just a black people clap. Right, white person scored, just a white people clap. No, it's one united family. One big united family. And Allison, one thing that you said about, you know, maybe we can have a racism-free society. And it brings me back to 9-11. When those towers fell and the Pentagon and the plane that crashed in, in Pennsylvania, this country was never more united. Never more. Like, and it was even gang members, even rival gang members were hand in hand. You know what I mean? So unfortunately it took a major disaster for that to happen, but it at least showed that it can happen. So there, there is definitely hope there, but that's the thing is, but, but we have to keep doing this. We have to keep doing this. We got to talk to the kids. We got to talk in schools. We got to talk, talk to the college kids. We just have to just keep having the positive conversation and whatever spin you put on it, that's up to you. Like we all don't have to speak the exact same message, but we have to get to the same destination that we just want. I just want to be known as a person. I don't want to be known as a person of color. I know people hate this, but I don't want to be known as an African-American. I know nothing about, about Africa. I was born in here in the United States, <laughs> Providence. I mean, uh, I'm living in Cranston, Rhode Island. You know, it's like that has nothing to do with de- denying my roots or anything. Like I, I personally have no ties to it. Like I'm an American man. That's it. That's that's who I am. I'm an American man. And I want to be seen as Puerto Rican. No, which is fine, which is fine. I'm saying you you can be seen as whatever you want to be seen as. I'm just saying for me, you know, before Olivia started started college, I told her, I said, you are a mixed race female. Who cares? <laughs> right? I said, who cares? I said, you get out there and you build your dreams. Don't let any, anybody tell you women hey, can't this or, or, or women can't that. That you get out there, you have your goals, go build your dreams. Yes, sir. Rob, I have a question. So um, what was the guy's name who was president? His first name started with a B, his last name started with an O. <laughs> Barack Obama. And what race was he? That's a good question. He was black. <laughs> oh, he was? But his mom was what? His mom was what? Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's 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 mixed. Yeah, he's mixed race. Oh, so his right. mom, his mom was Caucasian and his dad is African. So here's what's really interesting to me. We 
and I don't, and, and I'm, I'm saying we only using it because I don't have another word for right now, but <laughs> you know, the, the media individuals, so on and so forth claimed him as the, and now he was the first non-white president mm. that we are aware of, or that they, <laughs> I'm saying that they're aware of, because as you already know, and Jane Elliott has done great work on this. Obviously, race is a construct. It's a social construct. And we all have derived from a particular group of people. But what happens is we just try to divide ourselves. And, yes. and we've all said that, basically. So I think when we first started, I think uh, it was it Zaida who said, um, I, could, I could sit down at the table with you all and eat. Yeah. That's one of the best ways to break down a lot of, that's a great way to have really courageous conversations is to break bread with someone. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. And go ahead. I was just going to say, and speaking of that, because I taught yoga this morning and I'm getting a little hungry, so I'm going to boogie here in a second, but I love the fact that you've done this. So hopefully you're going to continue to do it. Um, it's been great being a, listening to you all and, and hearing. So if there's anything I can do on my end to help support what, what it is that you're up to in the world, feel free to connect with me and um, hopefully Rob will introduce us somehow and we'll go from there. Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you for joining. All right. Yeah. So we're going to bring it down. And, and again, thank you all for tuning in. Like this was, this was awesome. It's been an hour and 44 minutes and there's still so much more we could cover. <laughs> it really is. So, so maybe, maybe we'll do it again. You know, give it a give it a couple couple weeks. You know, we'll circle back and do another one. You know, if you guys want to. So, any any fi final words before we get out? Anyone? Anyone? All right, then, you guys. Thank you. My pleasure. Th thank thank you. you. This was great. All right, take care. Right. <laughs> it, Olivia saying bye. <laughs> bye, <laughs> so, bye, Olivia. <laughs> bye. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com slash speaks on Instagram at Robert underscore B underscore Foster on Twitter at RBF underscore fitness and on Facebook at Robert B. Foster. Till next time, shut up and grind.